Katie, and I'm here today to talk about some of the hottest topics in pop culture this week in a show I like to call Son of a Beach. Recent rumors are going around that model Kendall Jenner and musician Bad Bunny may be a new couple. The pair were seen out and about in Beverly Hills over the weekend on a double date with Justin and Haley Bieber at a restaurant. According to People, a source says the pair are spending time together. This is possibly Jenner's first public relationship since October 22 during her breakup with NBA star Devin Booker. Many fans suspect that Bad Bunny has officially ended his five-year relationship with girlfriend Gabriella Berlingeri. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. First off, Bad Bunny, you had a relationship of five years. Mind you, it was an open relationship. Whatever works for them. I mean, do you, boo? However, five years you put into a relationship and then you go date Kendall Jenner? Oh my, I don't get it. I, I'm like lost for words. But also Kendall was so cute with Devin Booker. Like I was rooting for them. I'm so speechless, guys. Like, I was really rooting for Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker because they were so cute. And it's one of her longer relationships anyway. So I don't know. Like, I don't get what Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner would have in common. Oh, my God. I'm so upset. If this is not a mismatch couple, then I don't know what it is. I know he just, like, recently got a house out here in L.A. So I guess he's exploring, you know the city and things like that and I guess he's exploring Kendall Jenner if the rumors are true but who knows they might be quote-unquote good friends (sighs) the Kardashians and Jenner family I swear they were recruiting athletes now they're recruiting musicians and rappers to the family (laughs) but I mean hey it's not my business so Good luck to them if it's true, but oh my god, I'm so upset because like five years to switch up to Kendall, like five you're gonna put five years in a relationship to go to Kendall Jenner. I mean, I get her and Devin, their schedules are like conflicting all the time, but like they were also together for about three years on and off, and I'm just like, I thought they were actually gonna get engaged and things like that, but who knows? I guess we'll be rooting for Kendall Jenner and Bad Bunny, guys. That caught me off guard. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Something that's also off guard, Nickelodeon series Zoe 101 is setting gears for a reunion with the upcoming reboot titled Zoe 102. Jamie Lynn Spears has returned to star in Paramount Plus film reboot Zoe 102, which reunites her with many of her original Zoe 101 co-stars. The reboot will follow Zoe Brooks, played by Spears, and is expected to premiere on Paramount Plus sometime later on this year. Actor Austin Butler, recently nominated for an Oscar for his performance in Elvis, had humble beginnings as he starred in Zoe 101 during the show's fourth season. When asked if he considered returning to the Nickelodeon series, he said, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't know. Butler said that recently on the Variety Awards Circuit podcast, and he added, I'm so grateful for all of those stepping stones that I had throughout my career. Basically, he said, respectfully, I'm not trying to be a part of it. My man moved on. Started off, I believe it was Hannah Montana, and then iCarly, and then Zoe 101 was like his breakout role. And I know he doesn't want to go back. You can't just go and give a superb 
performance in Elvis, and then like, oh, I'll, I'll make a cameo in Zoe 101 or Zoe 102. I'm here for that, you know, if he does, but I'm also here for if he agrees not to do it. There's no way he didn't hear about that coming, though. I guess that's like a respectful way of saying that you don't want to be part of it. Like, he's saying, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't know. And I watched the interview, and he had, like, a smirk on his face, so I can't tell if he, like, genuinely didn't know. My overall thoughts about this reboot... Okay, I'm here for a reboot because the last episode of Zoe 101, they left us off a cliffhanger. You can't have Zoe and Chase, like, kind of be like that diehard couple the whole series and for them not to officially, quote-unquote, get together at that last episode. So there's, like, unfinished business. However, I don't know if I should be supporting Jamie Lynn Spears either. So I'm very conflicted, like, with her history and her not being there for her sister. Like, come on. Oof, I don't know. And I'm not a fan of Dan Schneider at all. Like, if he is a producer for this, which he probably will be because the original series was under his name. Oh, Lord, there's so much problematic stuff for this. But there's so much unfinished business with Zoe 101. So maybe I'd tune in. So, and it's a film, not a series. So perhaps we'll have to see. Speaking of reboots, DreamWorks How to Train Your Dragon is set for a live-action remake hitting theaters in 2025. As stated on Collider, How to Train Your Dragon is a coming-of-age tale that beautifully blends high fantasy and family drama. Throughout the trilogy, Hiccup becomes a great leader and helps change Burke from a world that killed dragons for survival to one where they all live in harmony. The franchise is endearing because it's a true coming-of story as we follow Hiccup from a child into his adulthood, watching him grow every step. Another beloved animated franchise has confirmed a live-action remake as well. Disney's Lilo and Stitch is returning in a different way. Oh my gosh. And actor-producer Zach Galifianakis is already confirmed to star in the remake. Lilo and Stitch first made waves back in the early 2000s with the animated Disney original movie. It followed Lilo, a young Hawaiian girl who's raised by her 19-year-old sister, Nani, after their parents died suddenly. When Stitch, a dog-like alien, lands on Earth, Lilo soon finds and adopts him. Things quickly turn chaotic afterward as Stitch is an unauthorized experiment now on the run and social services is breaking down Nani's neck. Now this is a reboot I can get behind. Both of these films and franchises are very iconic, very legendary, and they're very relevant. I always see merchandise for How to Train Your Dragon and Lilo and Stitch to this day. I actually have Funko Pops from both animated series. I'm excited. It just depends on the casting. It can't be no B-grade casting. I need A-list casting for this live remake, especially for How to Train Your Dragon. I wonder if it's going to be like family friendly or they're going to go like a Game of Thrones route or something of that, you know, vibe. So I'm curious. And then I know Lilo and Stitch will probably be like a family friendly because obviously it's a Disney staple. So we'll have to see, but I'm super excited. So many reboots, I can't even keep up. So let's move on to Rosie as she takes us to the movies. Hey, Rosie. 
Hello everyone, welcome back to Going to the Movies with Rosie, with me your host, Rosie. On the last segment, I mentioned that I'll be talking about three Oscar-nominated films until the Academy Awards, which are less than a month away. The Academy Awards are on Sunday, March 12th. Today, I'll be talking about Avatar The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishirin, and Triangle of Sadness. The only reason why I was so excited for the Avatar sequel was because of my dad. He absolutely loves the first film, and I was looking forward to taking him to our local cinema to watch it. Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the exosolar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with Nutiri and the army of the Navi race to protect their home. The storyline for this film is quite simple and has an impactful ending. And what really drives everyone to watch this movie is the visual effects. There were even technical breakthroughs such as the visual effects team developing an underwater performance capture with a water tank. It was used to create water sequences in the film. Kate Winslet was able to hold her breath underwater inside a tank for seven minutes. In an interview with Variety, she said, Filming in massive water tanks was completely amazing. I loved it. When you're working with real experts who know how to keep you safe and know how to teach you to maximize your fullest potential in a situation like that and will look after you, it was an amazing experience. It's not something you can just try at home by yourself. Knowing that this film was going to have breakthroughs really made me want to see it even more in the first place because I didn't watch the first movie at the cinema. The first time I watched it was at my dad's projector at our old house, which was pretty cool. If this movie were to win Best Picture at the Oscars, it's really for the movie experience. What I mean by that is sometimes we just want to sit back and enjoy being in another world. Next, I want to talk about The Banshees of Amy Sharon. Two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. It's set at the tail end of the Irish Civil War in 1923 in an island. This is a dark, tragic comedy that I did not expect. I honestly thought it was going to be more of a serious movie, and while it is, I completely forgot what it's like to watch a dark comedy. I was so confused because I didn't know if I was supposed to laugh at the dialogue right in the beginning of the film, but after I looked up the genre of the film, I knew it was okay. It's fun to see the range that Colin Farrell had last year with playing the Penguin, which had amazing prosthetics, in The Batman with Robert Pattinson, and playing Podrick in The Banshees of Inisherin. You might ask yourself, what's so special about these two men losing their friendship? There's a lot that goes on, but the script is brilliant. It was interesting to see how the film played out and I was glad that this film was nominated for Best Picture because the script and actors really made something amazing. The film is nominated for nine Oscars including Best Screenplay, which I'm thrilled about, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Director, and more. Please take the time to see this film. I know it doesn't seem like a lot but honestly you're gonna take in so much. Now for my final film of the segment is Triangle of Sadness, another dark comedy. Celebrity model couple Carl and Yaya are invited on a luxury cruise for the uber-rich, helmed by an unhinged bold captain. What first appeared Instagrammable ends catastrophically, leaving the survivors stranded on a desert island and fighting for survival. The moment I saw the movie poster, it was giving White Lotus, The Menu, Nice Out vibes. 
The first act of the film wasn't the best, and I honestly wanted to stop watching it. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but it was just too much. After getting past it, the second act was interesting with the different viewpoints, plus Woody Harrelson and Flacco Burek were the best part of it. I will give a slight spoiler alert. If you are queasy with people throwing up on screen, there's a lot of it going on in the second act. It can be a lot, so watch with caution. It seems like this film could have been shorter, and at first, I really wasn't impressed by it. I probably have to watch it a second time to really understand it more. And one thing I do love is the cinematography and Dolly De Leon in the third act. I was blown away. I loved her. Thank you for sticking with me for this segment on Going to the Movies with Rosie. Take care, and until next time. Thanks, Rosie. There's someone fun to watch over the weekend. The weekend? Premiering February 25th on HBO and HBO Max, Live at SoFi Stadium was filmed during the artist's first United States leg of his After Hours Till Dawn tour and features The Weeknd performing his hit tracks from both After Hours and Dawn FM. The concert special promised to bring fans up close with a special intimate concert performance and has been cinematically captured to bring viewers on stage and in the audience, according to HBO. Period The Weeknd. Period Abel. I'm so sad I wasn't even able to go to the concerts. I know he, like, canceled it and then came back for the Los Angeles stop. However, I wasn't able to go to either, whether it worked or not. And I'm so happy that this is coming out, so it gives me a chance to, like, live the moment even though I wasn't there. So he has, like, a lot of props and a lot of stage setups, which looks very exciting. And knowing him and his history with, like, film and his, you know, he had the... A maze at Universal Studios for Horror Nights, things like that. I'm expecting that horror slash suspense slash iconic stage setup and performances for this. I don't think I went because I was bummed that Doja Cat dropped out of the tour. I think that's why I didn't end up going. And I was just like, you know what? By the time I even wanted to get tickets, they were already scalped. Hecka high. So I changed my mind. But I'm excited for this and I will be tuning in. Before I go, I want to show my gratitude to everyone at the Daily 49er for giving me the platform to share pop culture news and everything in between on a bigger scale. Lastly, I just want to say thank you for listening. This has been Katie here. See you next time on Son of a Beast.